Hello, welcome to another episode of the Bone Robot Games podcast. And this week I have with me Dominic, who also goes by print, and I have Isaac. Say hello, guys. Hey. Hey, how you doing? And this week we're top talking about Dark Souls. So, <clears throat> huge fanatic. I'm obsessed with Dark Souls, honestly. I compare too many games to Dark Souls. It does a lot of things well. Yeah, yeah. it's almost become a joke in the yeah. game's criticism category because of how uh, ubiquitous references to it are and how influential it's been uh, in affecting games even well outside of its genre, which uh, has spanned things as far as uh, that Star Wars game that came out like a couple years ago. Oh, yeah, what uh, was that, uh, the Fallen Jedi or something? Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it Fallen had order, a bunch of Fallen Order. Yeah, it it's it's of, forgettable. Uh, Dark Souls isms in it. Yes, it it they 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 try and this is the thing about um like copycats that I don't get entirely. They try and and take from it, but they just don't they don't do the the good stuff. Yeah, the, the core of the game is uh, very hard to emulate, and yes. that's why you will see. So many people take the surface elements of it, the the doors that only open from one side, the bonfires, the dropping your experience, but mm-hmm. never the the level design or, you know. Exactly, the, 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 the interconnected world. That make it an RPG like mm-hmm. it is. Have you, let's actually talk about that first. I've played a lot of the clones and they're all so painful to get through that I, I can only play for for uh, you know the old i give it a college try and then i have to move on yeah i mean to be honest i've watched a lot of the cl- i mean i've played some hollow knight i've not actually finished it uh and that's sort of that's almost a surface level clone yeah. uh I, I know that iron pineapple very well-regarded souls tuber uh has a series where he goes over a lot of the janky souls likes and uh makes attempts at them and uh, some of them are just not, they're not even good, like, games on their own. Yeah, exactly, on their Souls own likes. merit. That's the part. And they're they're trying to the piggyback off of the Souls thing. The two that, that, that come to mind for me, Lords of the Fallen was, like, a, oh. a big Xbox one. It's oh. bad. Um, I've seen that. I haven't played it. I literally played it. So I, I try and give games second and third try. So I played it until this one spot, and I was like, this is so bad. I can't. I can't get past this point. It's like not because of the difficulty or because of anything, it's because they try and emulate it and it's just not done properly and it doesn't feel good and it and it's clunky. Right. And it's not designed. If I'm to the understand same. properly, like you have the option to pursue different builds in that game, but it's almost entire like the balance of the enemies is almost entirely revolved around the slow melee combat yeah. where you actually have like hyper armor to get through things. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so then there's like a there's like a rage sort of move you have that you can spam and just kind of go through stuff without really it, thinking about it. Exactly. And there's there's another thing they do with that where they they add all this like the Dark Souls games sort of like throw you right in and then it's just gameplay. There's very little uh stuff hampering you from playing right. the game. Right. Even the people you talk to and the story bits that you touch on is very slight. And in this like Lords of the Fallen it's like you go 5 minutes and you talk to a priest, and you have to go through like a dialogue box with him and select options, yes or no, and this is what I choose and things. And it's like, I, I, don't, I didn't sign up for this. I don't want this. Especially because I, I get to a point, I quit. I literally came back to it a couple weeks later. I think it was on sale or something, or I don't remember what. But I come back to it later. I get to the same point, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's why I quit. And I just dropped <laughs> it again. 
yeah, that very like structured story approach. Uh, it was never like a Dark Souls thing, and it does serve some games very well. It's just that, like, uh, for that one specifically, it's kind of a product of its time because you know you get to the AAA game uh, market, and there's this checklist of things you have to hit, and it's just like, is the story there? Is there like a story that like even a toddler could follow there? And it's kind of obvious that that's what they had to do. Yeah, like some some higher up somewhere probably was just like, I uh, we need to have a story, and then some story was shout out, you know. Yeah, uh, and that's really just what it is. Or like we need to have dialogue options, we need to have choices, we need yeah. to give the player options to when you, exactly to make in the game. Except there's, I, if I'm to understand correctly, there are like dialogue options where you like can save people's lives or something yes. and it in no way alters the course no of the it's game. just one person well, where anyway. you can either choose to to help them or you can tell them to fuck off and, n- and nothing is different either like an item you know they either drop an item or they don't and it's like uh it's very arbitrary I, that's what something that i love absolutely love 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 about the souls games is it's just gameplay from the get-go there's like a little opening thing and then you're just there and they don't tell you really much of anything and you're just playing the game and you just right and, that's and it. that design philosophy goes all the way back to the first legend of zelda game i mean it's a thing that w- originated there and was used in subsequent zelda games most of the time uh where they simply drop you in uh sometimes without a weapon and you just kind of have to go yeah and bloodborne is very much like that uh all of the souls games are very much like that I just and, uh, love it. It's, it's, it's very hands off. Yeah, it's it's so it's like you don't need a story. You know, you you mentioned Zelda, and you look at Mario, and you look at some of these other games. It's like they've there's bare bones. There's something there to get you from point A to point B, but you don't need it really. Like I don't I don't yeah. remember. I couldn't tell you anything about the story of Dark Souls, the the first one. I have I don't uh, really know. I can only tell you things I've learned from watching YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah. That shit is completely incomprehensible. I had to take a course on the the lore yeah, to, to yeah. learn it. Coursera. Yeah. <laughs> Professor Vadi. Yeah. yeah. I have a college credit in Dark Souls. About the story of Dark Souls. Yeah. The so, game itself uh, sort of lends itself well to not having that kind of story, I think. Yeah. And it's been discussed many times that like in order to immerse you in the, the story, you have to make the story. Like, you are a part of what is happening. Mm-hmm. A lot of the lore of the Souls games are all of these heavy hitters, you know, Gwyn and Seath and everyone, who in the past did all of these monumental things, but for the most part, when you show up, like, it's all done. Yeah. Like, it's all it's all over. Like, exactly. <laughs> you're just there picking up the pieces and hanging out. Yeah. And the story is your story i mean it's just what you choose to do in the place you've ended up quite literally just ended up yeah i absolutely love it it's it's i mean i honestly can't stop like i just want to play now that we're talking about it but <laughs> the, dark souls I especially know, I talk about it for so long <laughs> and just like thinking about it it's just, yeah it, it well i designed remember in I, such a way that it, it puts you in the driver's seat i have a very specific memory of the first time i played dark souls it was on uh, special on Xbox 360, so I got it. And I remember sitting there with my friend, and I, so I, I, I particularly like to go into these games with no background knowledge. I don't look anything up, and I don't go on Wikipedia as far as I can, as long as I can manage for a while. <laughs> and so I'm playing through, and I immediately go. You'll remember in Dark Souls from Firelink 
I, I get to Firelink, I immediately go the wrong way, and I start heading towards the catacombs. I don't know this, mm-hmm. and my buddy's just watching, and he's playing. He's just letting me play it out. And I'm getting completely demolished. And I legit, I get furious at one point. I lose a bunch of souls. I die. I, I turn my Xbox off. I sit there in silence for like three minutes, and I was like, no, I can do this. And I turned it back on. And I've never <laughs> I had, had the that. exact same experience. I've never had that in a game the before. Skeletons in the Graveyard is like that one part of the original Fallout where it's just like a big chunk of the map that you can't go because the enemies are so difficult. And it's this way of designing this huge open space that you currently have access to. It's a way of sort of shepherding you away from that and yeah. going looking somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, it, it perfectly Without does it. directly stopping you. Yeah, I was like, this can't be the right way. I was like, I'm getting dumpstered over and over. And then I figured out, and then that just also lends itself to how incredible the world design is because the way to, to like the Undead Berg then right after that is like kind of, I wouldn't say hidden, but it's it's so like seamless and it's like attachment to the wall where the path is. It's and like, off yeah, I didn't path. see it. Yeah. I did not see it. No one sees that stairway no. in their first playthrough. And it's like right past the well with a humanity on it for you to pick up. Yeah. And it, it would seem as if they wanted to guide you that way, but like because of the way the color palette works, like that stone wall blends in with like its background, so it's yeah. kind of hard to see. Um so it's kind of understandable that people miss it. But if I had to guess, I would say that Miyazaki really wanted people to like look around, go into that like main shrine area, mm-hmm. and then come out into the graveyard and intentionally die there. I feel like that's sort of supposed to be the player's first death. It see a lot of this stuff. It, it I agree with you. It feels that way after you have like extensive knowledge of the game. Because mm-hmm. the first time you play, that I get you know you get beat up. You don't know where to go. You're struggling. You're struggling. But then as like looking back, it has this weird feeling where it's like a realization as I played. Oh, that's why this was here. Oh, that's why this. And it starts to click and it has right. this other these other feelings in the background of the game. Um, another thing I really like about Dark Souls too. My first time through, I didn't know what I was doing like putting points into yeah, stats either. and looking it up. I don't Before. think anyone really does. And But I completed my first run with the, like you pick up an, I picked up an axe. Like I think it was the first weapon I picked up there. Just and, like a hand axe? Yeah. And I, I used that the entire game. I beat the game with it. I didn't, I was like scared to change weapons. I didn't know how like stuff worked with them. And it was my first time through. I played through the entire, like an axe and a shield. And that was like my whole thing. When I didn't know I what I was. I thought that was one. I watched you beat one and yeah. never change off of your... That was it. Like, I remember, and I, I wouldn't... I was, like, banging my head against the wall. It was so stupid. Like, every boss. <laughs> I remember specifically the... It was so hard. I was like, why can't I beat this? I was, like, getting the shit kicked out of me over and over. I remember... Uh, what are the the the, boor, the four the four kings boss fight or whatever? Yeah, the in the four abyss? kings. I literally... I remember... Yes, yes I, <laughs> I remember that, too. I get there, and I was struggling on it forever, and I go, how do I do this? And I literally just... Uh, grinded souls until I could get my health up enough where I could just slam attack yeah. until they were dead. And I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I was That's like, one way to do it. I brute forced it. That was like my whole people, first playthrough. People do that at soul level one, no upgrades. And I'm just like, why? Goodness gracious. You yeah. can do it. It can be done. That's insane. There's also ways to summon the NPC Beatrice on just new game, play new game and beat beat them pretty easily. But it relies on her like casting her spells. But there's ways to do it with no upgrades soul level one. I've only ever done it at like soul level ten no upgrades. Uh but I've never gotten down to that's quite a feat. 
That's quite a feat, so level 10. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it took a good, like, I want to say 30 tries or so. It's nothing compared to some of the difficulty of some of the bosses in the later games, but, like, that part of the game is very much, like, if you can beat this, you can beat the rest of the game. Yeah. And that's that's what it's supposed to be. It's very much supposed to be, like, a bottleneck where it's just, like, okay, in order to, like, beat the rest of the bosses that exist here and, like, get through these areas, you're gonna have to be able to do X amount of damage because we put the we put the health values at a certain amount and we're not changing them now. Yeah. It would take too long to go back and edit that, so yeah. you guys, just, just get and stronger. And Dark Souls 2 is just all DPS checks all the time. Oh. And there are just so many enemies in that game. I mean, it it's a joke that, like, you know, Dark Souls, they call it Dark Souls 2 because there's two times the enemies. Um, yeah. But... It's uh, it, they do overwhelm you. Like, I started playing it, and I started playing as like just intending to build a hexer type character and using a lot of the spells. And I, I probably got to the forest of the fallen giants, and I was just like, I can't do this. This is just so difficult. Well, since so you annoying. since you bring that up, uh, Dark Souls Two is the only game that has made me genuinely feel cheated, and <laughs> it's not like the game itself is unfair because like it can be beaten and it can be done in a reasonable way if you're willing to look at it from the right perspective uh but like there are there are some areas of the games that are just like you are fighting against you're fighting a war of attrition against the cpu itself you have to not get hit for very very long oh, yeah. stretches of time i actually and was gonna say it's ironic because the first time through i I was like, this is. I was overwhelmed. I was like, I'm getting destroyed here. There's so. How am I supposed to fight all these people? And this was like years ago when I when it first came out. I played it, and then I I just asked you about it recently, and you're like, oh, give it a shot, but but try this and this. And I've been like, I can't stop playing it now, and I'm having a complete I love blast Dark Souls with it. Too. I really do. <laughs> oh, what I was gonna I was gonna ask you. I think it's ironic. You said by the time you got to the the forest of the the living giants or whatever is like. Um. So the way that the game is structured, I went through. I went through that area. The first thing I did was go there and I beat the pursuer. And you go to a nest and a bird drops you off at the last Bastille. Yeah. And I went through the entire thing and I went down and I and I and I fought the the last sinner or something and I killed him. Oh, the lost sinner. Yeah. Yes. And then I I get sent back to you take a bonfire it sends you back to cuz they have like a home base in this now. It's like Majula and you can oh, Majula, and you can yeah, yeah. and you can oh, like Majula. teleport all the time, which is like a very different feel. I think that's why people didn't like Part of the reason why I didn't like it, but I digress. I I did that, and then I and then I went to the No Man's Wharf, and at the end of No Man's Wharf, you get on a ship, and it takes you back to the Lost Bastille. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I already did all of this. I was so confused. I was like, am I doing this out of order? Can you go through backwards? Like I had been to where the ship is my first time through Lost Bastille, mm-hmm. and you just look, and you, there's just nothing. There's just like a ship yeah, there, you but you can't, can't reach it. Go to the wharf from there no which confused me the first time because i well the second time like when i got there because i went back through the game as like a, a dex build because i was like i'm not doing this as a, a caster uh <laughs> uh and then yeah i was like what's this ship doing here and then i looked at all the messages and it was just like a beautiful view and i looked up and i was like yeah it's a good view but like where do i go yeah so do you typically play as a caster more than a than sword and shield or or well i i mean i've played the game with basically i've played almost every game with almost every build that you can imagine oh wow uh in like in a in a macro sense you know there's like strength decks caster Mm -hmm. various casters uh depending on the game that's Uh, something that's super brilliant about dark souls and that's about it it gets it needs more credit for this uh the 
they don't have a difficulty selection when you press new game. Every other fucking game has that. Mm -hmm. You select easy, normal, or hard with no context onto what that means. Mm -hmm. But in Dark Souls, you just play the game, and the way you build your character affects how difficult the game is. You can play, Mm -hmm. like a sorcerer in Dark Souls 1 and just snipe everyone from outside of the range that they can even approach you from if you want, if you want to make the game easier. Yeah. But if yeah, you that's... want it to be harder, you can just play melee. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people have noted that like usually in the most of the games, playing as like uh, a wizard is like the easy way to play the game. And I yeah. mean, that's sort of the way it's presented. It's like, if you're not really into the whole melee combat part of this, you can do this other thing that's like not as good, but like we'll get you through the game. And I understand that. Uh, but like when you get to Dark Souls 3, they nerfed the shit out of everything so hard that playing as like just a straight sorcerer through that game is basically a challenge run on its own because so many bosses are resistant to magic damage. You have to manage Ash and Estus, you have to do all sorts of side quests to get like damage rings and like the scholar's candlestick just to get your damage to be like passable and it's very difficult well that's unfortunate i i don't have i played twice through dark souls one i'm actually playing through the remaster right now as well but the the second time through i was like a caster i actually have like no experience with the casting i did one i had one spell and it was like there was like five orbs that appeared around you and yeah. then they all tracked. It's not for everyone. <laughs> yeah. It's a very unique way to play. It's very interesting. It's it's In definitely you have to like you have to like use the uh, what what are they called? They're like binoculars, I think that's what they call they're called. You have to like use that to aim. Oh you could do that, yeah. Person. Yeah. It's very interesting the way that you could do that. Yeah, it's it's sort of uh unintuitive only compared to other games magic systems which is like yeah. something that i love a lot about dark souls where it sort of breaks the mold of, of like other games where like you would expect you know oh a normal magic system is you just have a staff and it shoots fireballs and it's like uh yeah it's not really gonna be that way you have like a bunch of different options like pyromancy is like way different than that right you know and it's and it's sort of like you have to learn a whole new way of, of playing to, to sort of get into those. Yeah, it's almost like an entirely different language when you, like... I mean, all of the melee systems in all of the games are very different. Yeah. Solely because, like, the engines work a little differently, just, like, slightly differently, because Dark Souls 1, you have walking poise. Dark Souls 2, you have to deal... You have to balance your uh, agility stat to get roll invincibility. Mm-hmm. Dark Souls 3 is, like, basically an action game disguised as an rpg because you just have so much role invincibility that you can get through just about anything and then i mean demon souls is the most rpg of them all but it's just you know it, it's very different going from one to the other yeah uh very minutely but like it's still very different and then bloodborne is a very different thing on its own especially from like a pvp perspective because you have different roles from your locked on to locked off and that changes everything. Well, this is actually interesting. So I, I don't have a lot of experience with Bloodborne. I played it very briefly because I never I didn't have the console. But um, Dark Souls three, I like didn't enjoy as much. And yeah. I I got to like oh my gosh, what's his name? Uh, he was he was like real tall. I'm sorry, I can't remember his name. And he had like two swords, and he was like real strong. Pontiff Sullivan. That guy. And I I did beat him, but, like, at that point, I was like, this is a slog. Like, I just feel like I'm fighting so many bosses, like, nonstop. I was, like, struggling with them so much, and I just, like, got burnt out by that point. I was like, oh, my God, another huge world after this, another huge slog. And I was like, 
and I, I gave it a break, and I haven't, Man, I haven't gone back. that's, like, the coolest part. You quit, like, right before the game for, like, <laughs> what was, like, Anne Orlando from the first game is, like, in there, but it's different because the game is weird and the it's universes worse. are colliding or whatever the fuck is going on. <laughs> it's, like, I, for me, that was, like, the coolest part because you walk out, you're like, oh, fuck, this is Anne Orlando. There's, like, the dudes with the the knights with the giant bows that you remember from the first one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They're, they're the again. assholes. It's, like, I thought that was dope as hell. It's cool, but it's... Most of Dark Souls 3 feels like fan service, and that's not really an uncommon opinion to have, that they just kind of smashed together a lot of things from Dark Souls 1 and 2 and stuck it to the wall and see what yeah. worked. <laughs> well, speaking and, of that... I mean, it isn't anything like Dark Souls 1. It's extremely linear. It's, it's a very uh, designed experience. It's something that... Uh, they want you to play it a, a very specific way. And, like, it's fine. It's a good game. I like it a lot. I'm going to have to give it another shot. One. Was that, Isaac? It's my favorite Dark Souls. I, I definitely... Yeah, it's a lot of people's favorite Dark from, Souls. From my own experience of basically, like, struggling with one and then going back and loving it, struggling with two now and going back and loving it, I'm definitely going to have to give three another shot after this because... Yeah, they... it's a game that's worth playing 20 times or so. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, like... So in two right now, I can't now, say I didn't like it enough because I have like five hundred plus hours. <laughs> like I hate it, so it but I've devoted my whole life to it. it. <laughs> uh, in Dark Souls two, I actually just—I'm um, not even sure if this is like if you have to do this, but I went and I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with the game. So, but I went—I went through the—I went—I doubled back to to Heinz Fire Tower or whatever. Heidi's Tower of that Heidi, okay, Heidi's Tower of Flame. And if you go to the left way, there's like a dragon. And I just yes. I just defeated him, and as soon as you passed him, you fight um, the dragon slayer. I, I can't remember. Ornstein. I can't remember. Ornstein yeah. That's it. Yeah. The old dragon slayer, I think, is what the boss fight is called. Yes. And so, like, and, does this now? I don't know about any of this. And as a casual player who doesn't like look too deep into it, like, is this does this have any relation to this to the boss from Dark Souls One? Is it the same person? Like, I don't really um, understand how that stuff works. I I think that like. It's kind of not really, uh, it's not really well documented in the, like, character, what's it called? The item descriptions in the game or, like, any of the lore. Because uh, you have to understand that Dark Souls 2 had a very troubled development. So towards the, the middle part when they were switching uh, lead designers, uh, a lot of the assets of the game were done and they didn't really have time to redo any of them. So what happened was a lot of the pieces that were already made had to get shellacked together into a cohesive map and the story parts had to get changed around a lot so there's a chance that that's kind of like a leftover piece of that but what is most likely the position that a, a lore person would give you uh, about that is that a lot of the pieces of dark souls 2 are all about how the land of lordran and the cycle of linking the fire, like everything repeats. It's mm -hmm. all cyclical. So a lot of ideas, like you have Scorpion Princess Najka, or yeah. whatever her name is, yes. who is like a callback to Keylag, but it's not exactly Keylag. You have these memories and these ideas of past ages of Lordran that did exist at a time, but like faded out of existence. But because, you know, uh, that line at the end of Dark Souls 3 that's like, uh, even in the darkness, embers will dance again. Like, it's going to repeat. It's going to happen again. Because yeah. the, the first sin happened, the linking of the fire, uh, the 
entirety of the world is doomed to repeat itself pretty much infinitely. Damn. Yeah, I mean, that's just the, the <laughs> general idea of Dark Souls, that, like, you know, it's all happened before. It's all been done, and then, yeah. like, it'll happen again. <laughs> so you have these ideas that are recurring, and they, they repeat, and they come back, and they fade away, and then they come back. And, I mean, it could be that it's, like, a piece of Ornstein's soul that got ferried over from Ann Orlando at some point in the past. But, I mean, it's almost equally likely that it's just some recollection of the past that got shoved into Dark Souls 2. These areas and, uh, have no, like, actual connection. Do you know, there's nothing that's in in 1 that, or 3 that overlap with 2? Like, the same way, like you said, Ann Orlando's in 1 and 3? There's nothing, like, overlapping in 2? It's a different area entirely, or what? No, two is like the land of Lord Grand per se. It's like the same world. It's just different at a different time, at a different point in time. Okay, it's chronological. Like Dark Souls one is before Dark Souls two is before Dark Souls three, uh, because there's a lot of Dark Souls two in Dark Souls three. It's just kind oh, of okay. hard to recognize if you hadn't. Like I played Dark Souls three before I ever touched Dark Souls two. So like when I was playing Dark Souls two, I was just like, oh my god, is the Earthen Peak? ruins this was in the dlc for dark souls 3 <laughs> and then i was like oh that's why this isn't here and it's just funny like going back and being like oh wait they took all of this from dark souls 2 <laughs> they do do some weird stuff like in two right off the bat that i think like coming from one to two would make it uh it's like so different like you lose yeah, it's a completely different engine you lose like even like design ideas though, like you lose uh overall total health when you die which is like from yeah. Demon Souls still, but it's like a mix between Demon Souls and and their own thing that they do. Cause like, yeah, it's like a compromise. Yes. Because Demon Souls just sliced your health in half. In half, right away. Yeah. And you can go just, like, to half. Just like a big chunk off. You like, can you go to half well, and sucks. two, but it, it goes in like small increments every time you die. But yeah. that is like so different. So if you don't if you don't play Demon Souls and then you play one and then you play two, you're like, this sucks. And if you play, if you do play Demon Souls, you're like, oh, it's not that bad because it's a mix between them. So I think a lot of people don't have that. Because Dark Souls One, I think, was way more popular than than Demon Souls, obviously, and so people that's like people's oh, yeah. first, first yeah, first like jump off point. Um, and then they have like the weird, like uh, Estus Flask shards thing that they do to yeah, like enhance the, it. Uh, the life gems, mm -hmm. which I like, I like as an idea, and so does H Bomber guy, uh, because they they add like a another element to your to your repertoire of healing because mm -hmm. i mean the estus flasks on their own aren't like as strong as they were in one yeah they kind of suck in two yeah even like powered up they kind of suck so it's like this learning curve of using a different healing item and figuring out like now you have to you're constantly using like two or three different healing items and you have to know how right. long it takes to pop them and, and then the movement and between i do that. respect uh the option in the stats like the the very nature of building your character. I respect the option to make a character that has shitty roles, but yeah. <laughs> um, the problem is that you would never want to make a character with less agility. You would never want to make a character that has less role invincibility. Like you, you need that. Yeah, you need that to get through most of the game. Exactly. So, so you're basically it's that's kind what... of sad that like you can't really build a stationary character as well as any other one but i mean i like the idea yeah i mean they have a lot there's still a lot of, I've, i'm having a complete blast with that i honestly can't wait to go play it again i'm just running like 
I have a long sword and I hold it with both hands and I just thrust it at every single monster. And that's my that's my style for this one. It's working out pretty good. Um, oh, also, I had... So this is a problem. When, when Dark Souls for the 360 came out and I originally played it, the player base was fragmented between uh, the 360 version, the 360 digital version, and and PC, yes. So I found this out because they changed things slightly. So there was like, when the disc version came out, they, they patched it, but or they, or they didn't patch it, I can't remember. But the, when they released it, when I got it, it was like a, a Games with Gold feature. And so that it was the only the digital version and it was actually different. There was like different things about the game. And so that you could only interact, you couldn't interact with disc players. So I had like okay. no virtually no messages written on the ground. Uh, I could never summon people that were not in-game summons, like never friendlies. So like my 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 PvP and my like my multiplayer that way was like completely like hampered. So I never really got to experience right. it. So it's been like awesome going into two, where like I've summoned people like almost every fight, just random. I, I summoned a guy for the the three sentinels fight named like Jesus is Lord, which was extremely <laughs> funny, and. <laughs> And uh, I also had two other, like, in-game phantoms for that, and we just, like, stomped them, which was, like, super fun. But, like, the, fun. the yeah, the messages are so funny to me because I never got this before. There's, like, there's like its own, I don't know if you guys have the same experience, but there's, like, its own in-game humor arrives where there's, yeah. like, where there's, like, long segments of, like, just stairs or hallways. People will put, like, message and then message and then message yeah, and then I love yeah that. and then what well, my <laughs> favorite thing ever two has a lot of that. <laughs> yeah it's everywhere and like my favorite thing is when there's like a dead body like draped over a railing the message oh, is skeleton. always yeah there's the skeleton but then it's always <laughs> try tongue butthole yeah, and it's just b-u-t-h-o-l-e it's I, I have such a child's humor because it gets me every time i'm like yeah that's, you get rated for that Oh, but also yeah, like people have expressed their their distaste over it because it's just it's everywhere in every yeah. game, and they're just like there's like a lot of can we of do another song. sex joke now? Please? Yeah, <laughs> and it, dead zombies assholes on full display. <laughs> another there's so yeah the skeleton one gets a lot of play, and people just write head whenever there's like a head there. Yeah, is good, <laughs> which is like I don't know why some of them, and then like it you'll just randomly see ones that have like. 900 points and i'm like this is for some reason everyone loved this yeah. one message and you do get I, in I dark souls 2 you get a reward if someone rates your message you get like uh the, it like refills an estus flask i think or, yeah. it, or it gives you some in help every game except for the original dark souls you get like health back yeah or like an estus flask for people rating your messages yeah which is weird but yeah so i was like again in the 360 version when i played it i i was like on my own the whole game i think that's why I like that my build was just super, super high endurance, super high HP because I was I could never bring anyone into the game because the online was like stunted. But yeah. now it's like I could I sort of have some freedom because I've had people with me almost every boss fight just to like because there's always a sign a summon sign there. I even had someone message me after and say thanks for summoning me on the first one, oh. which is like yeah. I was like well, okay nice. yeah I was like this is cool. Um, yeah. and I, and I also just, so I never, I never messed with the covenants either in the first one. Cause I didn't know what it did. And I'm not sure if it had the same implications, but like in two, it's very like PVP, like oriented. Like yeah, I just it's almost all like PVP covenants. Yeah. In two. I have not done very much PVP in two at all. And I, it's mostly because of the way that I, the 
the way the game match makes you with other players is not very gameable, and you can't uh, mess with it in the way you can all the other games because it goes by how many total souls you've had collected oh, throughout yeah. your adventure. And like, I mean, there's ways around it, but like, in order to make builds that are designed to invade or like duel with people at a reasonable soul level, is just like a lot of. Uh, finagling that i'm not into yeah uh but yeah there's there's a lot of a lot of pvp covenants in two yeah i so first play through in one like i mean i summon people occasionally for bosses but like i i didn't i don't actually on my first playthrough of dark souls that i played on 360 i'm pretty sure that save file still exists and i have not actually finished the game on it yet I didn't finish the game the first time I played through it either. I bought it twice before I finished it. Because <laughs> I bought it on 360. I played through. I uh, I beat Ornstein and Snow. And I was going through uh, the catacombs to fight Nito. And I just got stuck on one of those skeletons that are on all fours that are massive. I could. I was yeah. like, how do I kill this thing? Like, as soon as I hit it, it's in range of me. You I just run past it. That's what I do. Up. And the, I think I tried again. I probably tried to make another character. I was like, oh, my build is wrong, I think. Yeah. Didn't know what I was doing. Let me and start then it over. Came out on PC and I got it. And then uh, I was like, oh, I can get mods. So I wanted to have the Master Sword from Zelda. Right. So I got a Great Sword. And that was the first time that I stuck to one weapon and actually upgraded. <laughs> I didn't know that. I thought it was like every other RPG. I got the Long Sword. And then I kill another enemy later. He drops a Scimitar. And I'm like, oh, I got the Scimitar later in the game. Then I got the Long Sword. It must be better. Yeah. yeah. All the training I've had from other games. And it just didn't work that way. And I got bodied repeatedly. Yeah, that sort of goes back to what I was saying about like magic is is foreign to every other game because it's not just like you know Skyrim magic where you shoot a fireball out of your hand and I get like the weaponry and and melee is the same way where it's like oh the you know the the royal greatsword isn't always going to be the best weapon because it's the biggest and strongest because you have to build your character around it and you could find a weapon and I have it's in the very beginning of the game and play and use it the entire time. Yeah. Yeah, and the way the stat scaling works is not necessarily intuitive to first-time players. I was taking my two friends through the game, and we were... I was like, so what kind of, like, weapons do you want to use? Do you want to use, like, faster things, slower things? Are you looking to do this or that? And they were like, well, I'm just going to use whatever. And I was like, no, you're not. You need to do something. <laughs> Wrong. You need to do this a specific way, because you're not going to do any damage unless you, like max one stat yeah, yeah. you kind of have to commit to a playstyle to be successful yeah. yeah and you could run like quality builds which is like an even split of strength and dex and that does work but it also locks you out of some of the more dedicated like this is a dex weapon and this is a strength weapon mm -hmm. kind of things and i know that like one of my friends would definitely want to use the like giant hammers so i was like you don't want to put like any points into dex yeah yeah that's something that i really like enjoy honestly where you get sort of rewarded for building that way. It's like if you, if you pound strength the whole way and then you do find a really good strength scaled weapon, it's like, okay, well I could just go level this up. And if, and right. if you're that strong with your other weapon, it wouldn't be so hard to get Titanite for it and everything like that. Um, and to get like the, the strongest, you know, equipment or to get like level 10, you need to get like, you need to be far anyway. Well, not far, but you know what I mean? You have to progress anyway. So it's not like you can, yeah. you at can still like switch Cat weapons. Fortress yeah. For one, at least. Yeah. So, you know, they, they do a lot of things that I just love about a game where it's, you know, you get right to gameplay. It's just, like, fun. I mean, the game is just all gameplay, and it's just, like, fun to be playing it. 
and and yeah, try out different never, things. Yeah, there's never downtime, really. It's yeah. just like you can go do something now. Like yeah, it, it's up to you. Yeah, you, you are in control of the experience. Like, what are you gonna go do? I mean, the lack of hand holding is just like supreme. I mean, and they do have the stuff that reinforces like quote unquote where you're supposed to go the proper way. Where if you do go one way, they'll be super powered enemies. But you could still like succeed with really good gameplay and also like it it doesn't you you won't get punished so badly for going those wrong out like areas that you get like trapped and and like ruin your game or something like that you can always yeah. just retreat or go back to a bonfire which is like another great like reset mode for well i've gone too far and i messed up well at least i just lose souls and i can go back and go the other way there is only one instance that i could think of that happening is if you decide somehow to go down to the catacombs and you're like level 10 or 12 or whatever and you somehow make it down to uh pinwheel and you beat pinwheel and you like make it to the next bonfire like yeah. you could get stuck there well you definitely could beat pinwheel because there's a there's a summon before pinwheel i think um, yeah so there's you... actually a shortcut you can like go straight from that first uh bonfire and then just like drop down to pinwheel you could skip the entire catacombs pretty much yeah well, i mean new players don't usually know that but it is really no, cool yeah, to new watch players won't know no. that but I mean, if you do end up down there somehow, yeah, <laughs> you it's could. A, it's a hard climb out. Yeah, and I would not recommend it. No, it's hard. It's probably harder yeah, going. Those, up. those wheel skeletons are something else, man. They are. Oh, those very are bad. Annoying. Those guys are awful down there. They do have some enemies that feel like, oh my god, what's like I can't get in. It, it there is like a weird thing with poise or whatever where you can get staggered and you can get like yeah, stunned. Yeah, it'll off. actually make you take more damage. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hate walking poison Dark Souls One. That's like my least favorite part about Dark Souls One. Yeah, it made PvP very uh, fucking stupid, and I like, <laughs> on occasion, I love the PvP in One, but yeah, me too. Uh, there's just sometimes I'm like, wow, this guy has all the heavy armor, and I can't do anything. Yeah, it's very Wild West. It's like anything goes because everything is broken, but because everything is broken, everything feels bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like if somebody's wearing really heavy armor and they're like trying to backstab fish you, you can do the same thing. Um but like I don't know. There's also mages that can one shot you in Dark Souls one, so that kind yeah, of Yeah, my problem was with, with two, I would go into one of the arenas. It was the one where there was like a, a chariot or some shit and you had to make it fall in a hole or some crazy boss fight, and there's like an arena behind it that's like set to a covenant. Yeah. And, yeah. that, and everyone I fought had like every magic buff. Yeah. Yeah. And in, like Havel's armor. In two, they like, do. Instantly. They what do the all these covenant that? bonuses where like, if you get the if you go to like the the rat covenant, the rat king, if you summon them or like if you get invaded in, in like the grave of the saints or in, an, the other place I can't remember what it's called. They like the mobs won't attack you, but they will attack the the other people and in not not in grave of the saints i can't remember what the name of it it's like pharos pharos area pharos labyrinth or whatever you can like set off traps to kill them like make acid come out or like awesome. like spikes come out of the wall and since like the mobs won't attack you you can just like bake them into it it's like really goofy it's like That's wild. it's like built for griefing yeah <laughs> It's it's yeah. very strange and like I remember specifically my buddy's uh, my, my friend's brother would tell me like he's like yeah I would just like lure them into this area and then like the the acid will hurt you but I knew that I could jump over it and I would like lure him in and and pour it out and then jump over the pit and he would just run through it and get and it would break his arm it was the stuff that breaks your armor or whatever oh 
off. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then he had like some sort of sword. I can't. I, this is also like tangentially me remembering, but he said he had some sort of like weird equipment that got stronger when it broke, and so he would just like stand in it and fight them. I don't know. He was like a, the king of griefing people online, but. It was, I don't, I'll have to look it up, but... I he, know that, like, certain weapons will still, like, inflict status effects when they're broken. Yeah. I don't know if there are ones that get better. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm misremembering, but I do remember, I, I specifically, he would go to the, the Pharos, because there was, like, a Pharos lock stone That's that you would use on the, on the weird face creature, and you could, like, just, he would just go there, have all the, the rats attack the enemy, and then he would just set off traps and, like, lure them through it. <laughs> That's like the area that that is there is some weird enemy design in two where you get to that area and it's just like huge elephants and and dwarves. Yeah. Just yeah. Weird. And then I mean and then you get to the next area and it's just like it's the falconer guys and they run really weird. The animation is like so stupid. They look they look bad. But like that doesn't that, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. That's like <laughs> that's like nitpicky stuff, but they honestly look like they're running like with a like with crap in their pants. It's very strange animation. <laughs> and I don't know why they do it. I was like, what? I was like, this guy looks like a demon, but it's just like animated poorly. But like, no, that stuff doesn't really bother me because it still plays well. It's just goofy. Yeah, that's the most important. But it's funny to see that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, that. Brent, you seem to have a lot of experience with, with PvP in Dark Souls. Did you primarily invade people or did you do I mean, stuff? at first, I had no intention whatsoever of doing any of the PvP, and it just kind of grew on me over time. I mean, after I failed to finish Dark Souls 1, I played through Bloodborne, and that, like, awakened my understanding of the games. Like, I didn't get Dark Souls at first, okay. and then, like, I played through Bloodborne, and I was like, okay, I understand why this is fun now. And then I went back and I was playing that for a bit. And then uh, I was like, I really want to do like these duels that people do in Bloodborne because they just look so fast and so stylish and fun. And then like I did a little bit of that. But like in order to do uh, builds in Bloodborne, you have to go into the chalice dungeons, which are uh, randomly generated uh, levels that are virtually infinite. And you have to do, like, it takes at least 20 hours to get a build off the ground at Bloodborne. And that sounds like maybe not that much time, but, like, compared to other games, it takes a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, pretty insane. That's and quite an investment. it's just this slog to get through these chalice dungeons. But recently we found, like, things that make it faster, so it's not really as bad as it was. Uh, but in order to do it, you have to, like go into these chalice dungeons and do these incredibly difficult bosses and farm and farm and farm for these perfect blood gems because if you don't have them, then you're not going to do enough damage for it to matter and you might as well not be dueling. So I tried that for a little bit and it didn't really click with me. And then like, I think I was just watching uh, one of the YouTubers that uh, does sort of invasions and I thought that invasions were like a scummy thing that like only assholes do uh and it kind of is but like (laughs) it didn't make sense to me why the invasions are in the game uh until i watched some of these people playing them especially in dark souls 3 because the complaint about dark souls 3 is that you know it's roll souls 3 that you just roll everywhere and that there's so much roll invincibility that you'll never hit anyone in pvp and to be honest if somebody wants to not get hit by you in pvp in dark souls 3 they won't like you can roll through basically every attack on reaction it's gonna happen 
Um, but as I was watching Dark Souls 3 sort of PvP content, and I was looking at these invasions, it dawned on me that the invasion mechanic in the game was not so much just something that the invader would use to get an advantage by like gaining humanity or whatever, but it was mostly a balancing mechanic for the summons that like if you summon to get through a level then the game gets harder and it's hard again (laughs) and this didn't like this didn't click with me at all until i like watched it and then i was just like wait that's really cool invasions are hard for the invader because it's supposed to be hard for the other player and then like i don't know why but that was such an interesting idea to me that i was like okay well now i have to make a build and I have to invade people. <laughs> so I would make I made like a a very simple deprived character in Dark Souls 3 so that I could restat it however I wanted to into different characters. Because in Dark Souls 3 there's a glitch that lets you respec infinitely. Um No, I didn't know that. I'm gonna look into that. <laughs> Rosar- yeah, if you go to Rosaria and you like go through the respec things and you're sitting on the menu you just turn off the game and then you go back into it and you still have your tongue and it doesn't use up one of your respects. But um, I made this one character so that I could change it into whatever build I wanted. And I got a whole bunch of weapons and I upgraded them all to like plus six specifically. um, And I just kind of went to town on it. And it was a lot of fun just sort of to go and just, you know, hang out in somebody else's world and be like, I am having an effect on your game now and you have to deal with it. Yeah. Like I it wasn't terrified when I got invaded. Yeah, it, it's out. jarring. It's jarring. Yeah. Like you're just like, wait, you're I like, thought shit. I was doing the same alone. And yeah. Now I'm not. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah, in Dark Souls One where you could just be in human form and then get invaded and you're just like, but I didn't even do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was great because you'd be just like going through I remember going through the catacombs on a number of occasions and I'm already scared because they're like reviving skeletons around me and mm-hmm. they're on wheels. I'm like, what's happening? I'm already scared. And this flashing message pops up that says so-and-so was invaded. Yeah. I remember specifically uh, being so spooked that I killed myself. He never, I don't even think I saw the guy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I jumped off a cliff by accident. I probably did something like that the first time I got invaded. Yeah. Yeah, I would always freak out and be so scared. But then I got to, in Dark Souls 1, I got to the DLC area right after you beat Artorius as a bonfire. And people were started invading me. And I was like, for some reason, I was like, I'll fight this guy. Yeah, the old town trip. And I legit fought him, and he destroyed me. But it was so much fun that I started putting my sign down and uh, inviting other people to mm-hmm. invade me. And getting, I just went for probably like three hours. My intention was to beat the DLC, but probably for like three hours, I was just fighting people online. It was so much fun. It's a lot of fun, especially in that area, because that's like the PvP hotspot. That's like where people yeah, go to duel. That's like. where people go to invade. <laughs> it's uh, It gets a lot of action all the time, because it's right in that sweet spot of like, everyone is at this level at this time in the invadable matchmaking that that really is the the, a lot of fun the overall feeling i remember uh when i was taking my two friends through dark souls on sort of like this grand tour of it uh i was like we're probably going to get invaded in here so like just kind of be ready and we just kind of like fought in the woods for like a good two or three hours just like going through it (laughs) and uh uh it was good that i it, it was interesting playing it from like a host perspective because having invaded for so long i've never really thought of it as much from the person who was getting invaded yeah. perspective um but i was just like wow it's so nice to have like all of this estus and all of this health and all of these resources 
<laughs> and I was just like, wow, this isn't really fair because I know what I'm doing and these invaders probably know what they're doing, but I just have more stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the whole um an innate imbalance in the in the PvP that I think works well. I think they did a good job of it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think like the That's entire idea like about it. it's uneven. The entire yeah. idea behind it is like indicative of, of Dark Souls as a whole where it's like, I don't know what this is. Uh, what's going on? Let me try it out. Oh my God, it's so frustrating. Okay, I figured it out. I'm going to do this for uh, 10 hours straight. Yeah. And that's like every facet of the game you go through that where it's like, oh my yeah. God, I don't get it. And then when it finally, you sort of, you know, try and try and try and it's kind of a struggle and you're a little bit frustrated and you're, and you're like not even sure if you like it. And then when it clicks, you're like, this is, it's so rewarding. It's so good that like going to other games is just like not as fun sometimes. Yeah. Uh, and that is the downside to it. That it's just like, well, now that I've played Dark Souls, like I don't really want to play anything else because I used to do pure platinum runs. Uh, hence my name. Uh, I used to do uh, nonstop infinite climax, like pure platinum runs on Bayonetta because I just wanted to like beat the game without taking a hit and getting perfect combo scores and things like that. Yeah. And then I used to have a lot of fun doing that. And then like I went back to it and I was just like, this just isn't as fun as like doing a challenge run in Dark Souls or just like playing Dark Souls in general. Yeah. So it just kind of ruined everything else for me. That's why the, the knockoffs bother me so much because I'm like, I want more Dark Souls, but not Dark Souls. And yes. and none of them are, are yeah. up to snuff. It's very wrong. <laughs> they I just, just don't want do like it. this gameplay. I want this like Yeah. Do you want the total package? dodge-oriented uh, play style that's, like, kind of a rhythm game, but also kind of, like, an action game, but also, like, a, an RPG, but it's also a game where you can, like, take your character and go into somebody else's world. Yeah. And it's a lot to ask because it's a lot of different, like, disparate elements that come together and, like, really work. And, I mean, like, all of the Souls games are unfinished, except for, like, I guess Bloodborne and, and to an extent, Demon Souls. But, like... They just aren't done. Oh like, yeah, I mean, I mean it's you look at it's Lost most Isolates apparent. Yep, I was just gonna 1. bring it up. Uh, Dark Souls two had, like I said, had a very troubled development, and Dark Souls three was rushed at the end. Um, they're just like they're unfinished games. Yeah, but, when like, you look at Dark Souls one, it's good. like so it's so like um, there's there's like so it's so complex in the beginning and all the earlier eras where you're like oh my god this is where i was before i can see it now from this new area yeah. i got to and it's all this interconnectedness and then you get to um is it lost easily that's like the the lava areas and it's just like yeah, wide Isolith. open well, the demon ruins into lost Isolith. like yeah. the demon ruins itself is not so bad it's just kind of like a straight path yeah but and then you get to lost Isolith, and it's just like it's a big room, and there's a bunch of lava, and there are some yep. enemies here. It's a gigantic really room, and they're all the same, uh, and you can see them across the entire thing, and it's like, yeah. uh, oh, all right. Red and awful looking. Yeah, and it's oh, like, wow, they... It crossed my eyes. You can, <laughs> you can tell they just threw it in the last second. You can feel yeah, that can it's feel. incomplete, yeah. And those uh, stone statue enemies that just breathe fire at you are really lame, and uh, yeah, it's it's a little disappointing. I like it just because it's just so empty. <laughs> I have a thing for just like square rooms and just like undecorated. <laughs> oh, like, they did I it for you. I love like Castle because it's just like, we. it looks like they're moving out. Like it's just like there's, <laughs> there's a single painting on the wall. There's, here's some yeah. masks. There's a room with a chair. It's just like, the architecture is yeah, really cool, but it's just like, there's nothing here. You touch <laughs> like, the no, wall. Man, I love that. <laughs> That's beautiful. You, you touch the wall. You're like, there was history here. Yeah, like, something happened here. Um, 
I can't tell you what, but like <laughs> it looks cool. Yeah, it's I like I just have this like I don't know. I have this attraction to uh, area designs that are like very open and empty looking for some reason, and it probably goes back to playing like the Harry Potter PC games <laughs> that had a similar environment design. <laughs> well, it really, I think it just again is like another thing that that I like so much about Dark Souls, where when the gameplay is so tight and it's such a like complete and fun experience that even you could like easily overlook things like those areas being unfinished right. or, or haphazard yeah. because you're just enjoying like, it so much sucks, but um, it's fine yeah yeah everything or, else is so strong but like it just doesn't exactly matter. it's like the the, yeah. the 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 cycle of gameplay is still there you're still fighting enemies in the same manner and you're still the, the, that's all still there you're like this just a little bit lackluster but it's so strong of a product at that point that you're just like yeah I'm, that's okay i understand and i, I mean yeah, i love them for it they put the polish on it like it yes. all it's all wrapped up it's it, wrapped up enough to, it's a testament to, to the game's ability yeah. to like more games could learn from this like if your core gameplay is just so solid like you can fuck up as much as you want and people are gonna like just play through it anyway like it doesn't even that part doesn't, doesn't have to make any sense doesn't have to have any connection but it's like okay well it's still just really fun to play here so i'm just gonna keep going yeah yeah i never got tired of fighting enemies in lost evil i was just like man this place looks kind of ugly and yeah kind of straight line. yeah <laughs> that was, that's the extent of my complaints though that yeah. i hated the boss because it was a platforming section oh but, what was the what's that boss's name bed of chaos bed of chaos yes tragedy for the boss but Again, but it's like, oh, oh well, let me just get past it, and it'll probably be good again. And then it is. Yeah. And that's that's sort of like the the thing behind it. Like they, you can tell, it feels like a passion project. It feels like they care about the game because it's so, it feels so good to play, and it's just pure that's, gameplay until yeah, then. That's really important. I mean, Demon Souls was literally a passion project. It was just like a failing thing that Miyazaki came in and just was like, okay, we're gonna do this some stupid way now <laughs> uh it he was like he had so much creative freedom on it because they kept like taking it like it was going to be canceled so many different times and they just kept taking it uh or the investors just kept overlooking it they're like oh we'll cancel that next month we'll cancel that next month <laughs> and they just kind of forgot about it and then the time came for it to release and it released and it became like a cult classic and that's mm -hmm. the only reason that dark souls came about was because they forgot to cancel this game that people were they <laughs> was literally taking all of these liberties with that yeah. absolutely would never have made it into a game ever if thank like god. it were allowed yeah thank god they never canceled the genre defining game exactly yeah. that is its own genre because of, of of the the steps that it took it's just so out there it's just oh, like it's so, yeah. bosses are puzzles you have like it for the period that it was released in like the twilight princess era of games where it's just kind of like you know you just kind of go through it and there's yeah. not really a whole lot in the way of challenge and yeah. you know there's a lot of scripted cutscenes and things like that was very popular at the time and uh what's it called quick time events that was very popular mm -hmm. miyazaki was like yeah we're not doing that we're just gonna we're gonna make an rpg that fucks you and yeah that is the entire design philosophy mm -hmm. of the game i mean even in dark souls 2 i i will say that one of the weak points um at least in this early game up until now is like the the boss design is like pretty lazy and it's mostly oh, yeah. just like this character but bigger <laughs> and yeah. there and, is a lot of repetition yeah there it's is, like i mean i think you fight the dragon rider two or three times yeah in various uh, flavors 
um, the Royal Rat Vanguard. Yeah. Royal Rat Authority. Yeah, it's just like the Royal Rat Vanguard is just a bunch of rats, and then the yeah, Royal Rat Authority awesome. is just a big rat, or vice versa. I can't remember which one's which. And then, I mean, the first boss is like, yeah, the the first boss is just the last giant, and it's just a big man, and he doesn't, he barely hits <laughs> yeah. you, and you just chop up his ankles real good. Fun fact: The Lost Giant was originally like supposed to throw flaming fireballs at you from over a castle wall, but they kept like shrinking him down, and then eventually he ended up as that boss fight. Yeah, he has no face. He looks cool. It's like a, he gets a really cool cutscene when he comes out, and then yeah, the giants are a cool design. Yeah, but then like again, you just he's just like they do this several times with this. When you f- I fought that dragon before Ornstein or whatever, and like the same thing with the I can't even see the top half of this guy. I can barely see above his hips. I'm just, it's like I can't even see the boss. I'm just chopping away at his ankles. And then the same thing with the dragon. Like, I can see from his his torso down and his back legs. I can't tell what's going on. I'm just I'm just chopping at his back legs. And and you win the fight, but it's like, this is a little bit strange. These, these fights are a little weird. There, that I guess that is something they fixed in Dark Souls 3 with, um, I, I don't know if you got to it, but they're, uh, what's his name? Yorm. The giant was yeah. slightly shorter than uh, <laughs> that boss fight too. That boss giant, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's not a very good boss fight. Bad use of the storm ruler from Demon Souls. Do you um, have to fight Yorm with like a with a helper or they something? They the lock on so that like it keeps the whole boss in view at once. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Don't you like have to fight Yorm with a helper or something? Because I mean, I guess you can fight him by yourself. But well, he had like you can bring in Sigurd yes. to help you. And you both have storm rulers that you use to hit him, like you hit the uh, king of the storm in Demon Souls, but uh, it's not the same. It's just weird. I had to look it up because I was like, "There's no way that this boss has that much health." Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I found out you have to go get the storm ruler, but it's like you have to run to the back of the room, pick up a weapon, and equip it in mid fight. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, this is insane. I'm like, is this really what they want you to do? But it does so much damage that as soon as you hit him, you're like, "Yep, that's what they want you to do." Yep. I'm almost certain that the first time I played through Dark Souls 3, I didn't even understand what happened at that boss fight because I summoned an unrelated, like, a person to help me with it. And I was like, oh, they've got a really cool weapon that, like, really wrecks this boss. They must have uh, really optimized the strategy, and then I realized that it was just the Storm Ruler. (laughs) (laughs) Stuff like that, too. always has those moments of, like, like, uh, like the player's ignorance is used in good and cool ways. Yeah. You don't know. You don't know anything. You're the player. You just got here. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they play with that in good ways. I, I was about to say the exact same thing. Cause like, you don't know to do that, but then for some reason, like afterwards you're like, you, you, I punish myself. I'm like, I'm so stupid for not knowing this. <laughs> Why they, they really are so much smarter than me as game creators. And I'm a piece of, dirt under their shoe for not knowing this even though it's like so convoluted sometimes like that how are you supposed to know that but it's like again there's this like overarching feel of like the design philosophy is just like okay yeah that i guess that does make sense when i think about it and i'm like i i make i make excuses for them afterwards even when they do have a little bit of a dumb idea yeah it puts you in the driver's seat like i mean yeah i never pick shit up in boss fights because i'm just concentrating on the boss yeah exactly. so like there's usually especially in bloodborne there's just like shit on the ground you could pick up and half the time after i pick it up i'm just like wow that would have helped <laughs> yeah <laughs> like in the one boss fight that inflicts poison on you uh the what's it called the blood starved beast there's like antidotes that you could pick up or in one of the harder ones that like 
is more of an attrition fight. There's like blood vials that you could pick up for more healing. Yeah. Just silly shit that would have helped if you had thought to do it for even a second. I don't know if this is a if this is like you're supposed to know this or not, but when you fight the Scorpioness Narja or whatever in two afterwards, there's like an item on top of a tree. And when all the messages around it say like you need the boss to do it, and I looked it up, and a guy like jumps onto her back, and you can get, and then you like jump off of her back to get this item. And I don't know if there's another way to do it besides that. And I oh, killed I, her. I don't know. And I killed her. I'm already. not sure. I, it was the most psycho I, thing I ever saw. I saw a guy like I was like, the, the people are like, oh, need boss, oops, or whatever in the things. And I was like, okay, I guess it could I, just be a reference to that video. Maybe. I, I don't know for certain. I, I'll have to look it up more, but I did see a person like jump off of her. He like glitched onto her back and then jumped off of her. And because I don't, it's just like a big empty room of sand and there's like a tree yes. that sticks out like twice your height. And I'm like, I have no clue how to get this item. Oh, that's another cool thing uh, about the design where like it, it sort of guides you certain areas by using like the glowing soul uh, look of an yes. item. Yes. You know, like down a well or uh, or like off of a cliff. You're like, oh, well, I guess that's the only way down there. And then you just roll off the cliff to get this item. You're like, oh, okay, there's a bunch of shit down here. Mm-hmm. It just sort of, like, you, yeah. you, it, you catch it, you see it in the distance, it catches your eye, and then it sort of guides you, oh, let me go this way to this glowing item. Yeah, that's a cool thing. Yeah. In Dark Souls 3, there's a specific moment where there's, like, an item on a corpse, and you go to pick it up, and you get shot by some crossbow guy. Mm-hmm. And then you go over to him, and you kill him. And then you get shot by another crossbow <laughs> guy. And then you go over to him, and you kill him. And then you get ambushed by a bunch of enemies, which leads you to, like, a ladder that, like, brings you down the level. And that's kind of a cool moment. Yeah. I mean, that's sort of, like, a very simple thing. It's, like, the the I appreciate it for, over and over for its lack of hand-holding because it's, like, I just want to learn and experiment, and they make that part fun. So you don't right. have to like, I'm not like, I don't feel like, oh man, this sucks to like figure out what to do. It's just like, oh shit. You know, after after the third time getting tricked, you're like, okay, let me get this item, but watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Like not all of the games are open world, quote unquote, but like they're, they feel like real spaces. They feel mm-hmm. like places that you could actually navigate and understand. Yeah. And especially moving around in the early areas of Dark Souls 1 where there's just like, so many different places you could go to without warping uh there's this interesting interesting at first because it gets real tiresome um sort of like little game you have to play with yourself where you have to be like okay well what's the fastest way back to the undead parish from here how do i get down to the depths from the undead parish and then you have to be like oh but i need to get back to firelink to grab this thing what's the fastest way there and how am i going to get back yeah and yeah. stuff like that it's, it's a really satisfying experience of like memorizing the game world now you know how to net like you know how to get through all the shortcuts that you've unlocked from point a to point b mm-hmm. just intuitively eventually it's very satisfying when yeah it, mm-hmm. when it comes to well the, the the method like the method of of the games being so hard that you die over and over like inherently teaches you the map as you go through it several times you yeah. know, by repetition yeah. so then like at as i also learn how the map is unfolded is like I'm also getting this other feeling of accomplishment where I'm like, oh yeah, I know this area like the back of my hand. This is my hometown now. And yeah. it's like another... Yeah, I, I remember in Bloodborne playing through it the first time dying so much was like really harrowing for me and I I just like, I was like, this, this doesn't feel good but I want to keep playing. <laughs> and then like you just kind of push through it and you realize that like once you loop around in that level like everything opens up and you can just go Oh, well, wait, I did that 
really not that hard. It was not as hard as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And then the game starts and you actually are able to understand that like, yeah, dying's part of it. You just kind of yeah. live with it. It's like going through the level and continuing. It's not so much like you've hit a stopping point. Yeah, you For definitely sure. eventually like realize that yeah, dying is part of the game. And and in like the in the mainline Dark Souls, it's like they do this a lot where the, the I love how interconnected the levels are, and you can't like and how like close closely packed they are. It's like you'll go through an area, and you know every time you open a door, there's like a little bit of apprehension, like oh, what's behind this? I have to check my sides when I go through. But then eventually you open a door and you go you step through it, and you're like oh I'm I'm back where I was before. This is that locked door from earlier, and you sort of get this feeling of like relief of not only oh i can go back to the bonfire if i want or you know i can oh let me keep going because i can come back sooner now and it's also like this this feeling of like it leads you to want to open every door because oh maybe this one will be a shortcut because i don't know you know i've taken so many twists and turns along the way i don't know where i am but then you open this and now all of a sudden it's familiar oh okay i've gone in a loop oh this is how this led to here and it's like that i mean there's so many examples of that in dark souls one especially where like the the path is like and this is how it's again disconnected from other games where like the path is like the width of your character or maybe even like barely smaller. And you're like, yeah, Dark Souls one is yeah. close. <laughs> you're like, it's this, really this, this isn't, this can't know. be the yeah, way I it's really supposed to go. I emphasize that the, the weapons with the wide arcs are going to bounce off the walls, it felt like. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like, like our feature, we have accurate detection, like, <laughs> yeah. Immersion. And it's so yeah. interesting to just be like, because, you know, normally it's like, oh, the, the path is like three times the width of your character. That's the way to go. These big open spaces. And then it's like, oh, the path down this way is actually like on a very you know, precarious ledge that you could fall off at any moment just by walking on it. And there's no railing and it's scary to walk down. And you're like, I hope nothing comes after me, but you also learn like, Oh, I can just step here. And like, maybe everything is walkable. Maybe can I get to that area? Probably. You know, it's, yeah, it's as like, much as I hated that Dark Souls one was basically a platformer half the time. <laughs> I also kind of miss it in later games. Yeah. I just remember like specifically like finding an area like that. I'm like, oh my god, I can't believe this is the way I have to go. It's like the tiniest ledge I have to walk There's on. So <laughs> many parts like that in <laughs> yeah. Dark Souls One. But it's also like this eye opening, like, oh yeah, why can't games be like this? Why can't this be the path instead of like this huge, like glowing arrow going come this way? And so you have to you yep. have to figure it out. And it's like so yeah. much fun to do. I like talking. I just want to go play Dark Souls 2 so bad right now. I know. <laughs> I, I feel like Dark Souls 2 had a lot of those looping around moments. Um, oh, it's nonstop. Like Dark Souls 1. I feel like when I was playing Dark Souls 2, it was like that every like hour or hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, and I was just like, wow, I, I'm all the way over here now. <laughs> yeah. And like, I mean, that map is so like disjointed and it doesn't make any sense logically that like it's just kind of hard to get that. But. I feel like getting to new bonfires is like looping around in that game because they are so far apart mm-hmm. sometimes. And the, like, since you can teleport them at every time, it does allow them to do. I like it for this. It allows them to create these like diverse areas. It works for Dark areas. Souls Two yeah. better than it does for Dark Souls Three. It has these diverse areas that are just like, oh, I'm in a weird stone Egyptian-looking pit, and somehow this was just connected to like a lush green forest this makes no yeah. sense but it's <laughs> but it's i like that i yeah. like that the environments are just like smashed together it's yes just like i don't i don't know where i'm going now <laughs> yeah it's like what's next because i go through a 20 foot tunnel and it's i'm in a completely different continent yeah baby. yeah but it is nice because it's like it's segmented but it's like oh whatever it's a fantasy world that's fine but it's so like 
it allows you to explore these completely diverse areas where you don't have to have, you can have like completely different structures from one to the next where it's like, oh, maybe a big open stone tomb and then it's like a closely packed forest. And that diversity is like so engaging to go through because you can just teleport back and have another way to go. Since they can just teleport and you don't have to have that interconnectedness of like, oh, how did he get here? And it also makes sense in our overall maps layout. They can just, smash them together like you said it's like so fun to explore because it's so wildly different from place to place yeah playing dark souls 2 is a lot of fun to explore and i feel like that was something that a lot of people didn't get about it and that's a strange thing to me because they just were so attached to how dark souls 1 was like uh, carefully put together but like dark souls 2 also has a lot of moments of it feeling like it's carefully put together, especially in each level. And the fast travel for that game is one of the few instances of like an open-ish world where I feel like it actually adds to the experience instead of taking away from it. Yes, I, I agree entirely. I've never met a fast travel that I enjoy really, except for this. Yeah. I think because they tie like safety and like, uh, replenishment so much to bonfires that like going back to one even if like there was nothing there even when you go back to Majula and there's nothing there over and over it's like well I still feel safe here I still feel yeah, I, I need yeah. a, a respite from the game for a moment and it feels good to go back there you want to travel back there and it's like they, they yeah. make you and then it's like okay now I'm ready to venture out in the world again so like that's like a really interesting thing about 2 that I like what do you guys think about the way 2 changed and I don't recall how three, if they just straight up change it back or if they alter it in a different way, the way enemies normally respawn when you go to a bonfire or die. But yeah. if you kill the enemies enough in two, they stop spawning and you have to use a bonfire seating to bring them back, but that levels up the whole area as if you were in New Game Plus. How my do you theory, feel about that? My theory about that is that it was... Uh, I, I don't remember if that was in the original Dark Souls 2, but in the Scholar of the First Sin edition... Um, I did it in the first one. I like was it okay? Off of then, like, yeah. I wanted like the drape keep, drape keeper sword or something. The internet told me it was the best straight sword, so I had to farm these dudes, and it was such a rare drop that they were despawning. I just used like multiple bonfire aesthetics to get the goddamn sword. Yeah, <laughs> it feels like something that was put in uh, after a certain amount of playtesting was done, because some of the areas. Of, I mean, it's a mechanic that sort of is directly spawned from the fact that there are so many enemies in so many areas. Yeah. It like you with only the like say five Estes flask, the old iron keep is just impossible. I like, it is so difficult to get through that area at the level that you would normally be at when you get there. Yeah. It is uh, yeah, so I know exactly what you're talking about. I, so, like, I watched him just fail at that area for like hours. I, I also that, think it's like, tied a little it's bit not to like that. the enemies are particularly difficult or particularly, you know, any different than any other like Dark Souls humanoid enemy. Yeah, it's there's just a that lot there of them are, you. It's crazy. There are so many of them, and you can only make so many mistakes yeah. before you have to get more healing. So either you go in with like a shit ton of life gems. Or you just throw yourself at it like yeah. repeatedly, and you just try to keep going a little bit further. And you do manage to do that each time. Um, 
and eventually like they start disappearing and you can eventually like push in a little farther because you have one less enemy that you have to fight and potentially make a mistake on i think it has to also it's probably also tied to that souls level we mentioned earlier where you're pvp level is tied to how many souls you've collected and that's like even if you die and lose them so it's got to be like uh, an arbitrary cap like oh if you want to keep boosting your soul level you have to get stronger enemies in by using the bonfire ascetic oh that's a thought too oh yeah that's a good point i have to imagine that that's that was popped into my head i have to because otherwise you would just like you know boost your soul level and then like there'd be no one at your soul level yeah that's a good point i always thought of originally as like a like a, a way for players that were really struggling to get through an area. It's probably you know, a little bit of both. Like if you keep slamming your head against it, that first enemy, as long as you manage to kill him every time, he eventually won't exist. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I thought of it. But and that's, that's eventually how I did get through the old Iron Keep the first time, just by eventually coming to a point where like half of the knights were dead. <laughs> I think that might have happened... I'm pretty sure it happened to my roommate recently, but it might have happened to me as well. At least in one area, I'm pretty sure in Dark Souls 2, enemies started despawning, and I felt like a fucking scrub. I was like, damn, I suck. I can't even <laughs> beat the area before the... I actually I... didn't even know that that happened until you told me this. I haven't I haven't had that happen yet. Yeah, I didn't know what triggered it. I think you have to kill them like ten. You have to kill an enemy like ten times, and then it it's, won't It's like ten to fifteen right. times or something like that. At first, I was just like, Oh, I've died X number of times, so the game is making itself easier. That's so stupid. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I've killed them. This, I've killed them like a hundred times. <laughs> I've killed them for good. That's kind of crazy, actually. I wonder if someone yeah, has emptied it, out the world before and done that to as many as they can. That'd be interesting to see. Yeah. You know what's also I'm interesting sure. for, at least in Dark Souls 2, and I have a lot of experience with this just because I'm playing through it currently, but there's the blood stains on the ground that show you like how other I'll players have died, yes. Mm -hmm. And I keep running into this weird phenomenon where I'll be like in a hallway and uh, or like the the lead up to the the last the, the lost center the last center I can't remember the lead up to him was like over a bridge, and there's like one enemy on the way there and there's no enemies there and there was like eight pools of blood and when I would press them it would be like guys like swinging their swords. And then dying. And I was like, who are they dying to? And it keeps happening in this game. I'm like, who are you fighting in this hallway? How come I have not uh, seen anyone here? What is going on? Are you kiting enemies back here or something like that? I have a very different play style than you, apparently. Cause it's just Sometimes like, there are power-ups that like, drain health from you. There are also uh, yeah, like, like poison swords and stuff. Yeah. that will take health from you as you swing them. Um, other than that, I don't know. Could be the explosion guys there is a, are in the lead up to that. There is could was a very funny too, one. Could be that. A lot of them. It's, that's uh, less likely. I'm not sure if they do this. I'm not sure if they do it in one or two or in one or three as well because uh, I haven't played in a while. But uh, if you touch like a uh, if there's like a group of bloodstains that are close by and you just like touch one of them, all of them will go off. And I had a very funny yeah. experience where I was I just got to the gutter and I seriously there was like six bloodstains. I press it, they all tried rolling from one platform to the other and just missed and i just got to watch like six <laughs> ghosts drop off this cliff and they all look different it was so funny yeah i don't think that happens in the other ones i think it's only one thing you can trigger when you just see like six of them just getting slammed all at once it's so good and all the corpses like drop to their knees and like this is so great. great it's awesome to see it's also terrifying when i'm like 
I walk into a hallway and there's seven or eight yeah, pools like of blood. Of blood and I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. Something is about to happen here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good warning. I like the messages that are just like, uh, turn back or like whatever. And she's like, I don't believe you. And then you go forward and it's like a very obvious trap. And yeah. you're just like, okay. <laughs> I always, it's interesting to me too because I try to put them, because uh, it's like, oh yeah, it makes me want to be helpful. And I'll see, like they, they give you a lot of words you can put down. And I'll see someone's thing and it'll be like, yeah. It'll say, like, try back. And I'm like, I have no fucking clue what that means. And then I just put <laughs> one down that's like, it's so, it's like, open door, watch right for creature or something like that. And I'm like, I gave a very detailed message. How come they couldn't put that? <laughs> what were they trying to tell me? And then, like, I got really messed up. I told you, I, you can come to, to Lost Bastille from two different directions. So all the messages when I was, like, going down the stairs are the messages that you would be receiving coming up the stairs from the ship. So they uh, were like, yeah, so they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. so I'm like, it's like, oh, enemy soon, try range encounter, and all that's down yeah, there is like a lift and a bonfire. That. I was like, what do they mean they're going to be enemies? There's yeah. nothing here. Why yeah. are they telling me this? And then I was like, oh. And then there's pools of blood there, too. That's why I'm like, we're <laughs> <They're> like. talking <laughs> about going up. Yeah. I didn't obviously know this until I came the other way, and I was like, this is, yeah. okay, This now it's all coming together. Another cool thing about Dark Souls is that, uh, with the PvP, because that's one of my favorite things about it, is the, the they end up like creating like these fight clubs that just arise like organically almost. Yeah, there are a lot of those. That, when I first like stumbled on one of those in Dark Souls Two, I was like blown away. I was like, "This is so cool!" I was like, "How they organize this? These guys know each other. I don't know any of them. <laughs> this is so weird." Yeah. Usually they don't know each other. Uh, in Dark Souls Three, right after Pontus Sullivan, there's like a, a big open area that people usually all summon in and do fight clubs at and it's really annoying if you're actually trying to get normal invasions there if people are doing fight clubs because then you come in and you're just like well i just waited through a loading screen and i'm here for an invasion i'm not here for a fight club (laughs) so then you either like leave or you start some shit (laughs) yeah it's so cool it's like so organic it comes out nowhere i mean that's like how most of the game is where it's like all of the multiplayer experience is just like scrapped together from people's like joint ideas with the very limited like stuff they give you in game, and I think that yeah. that like that limitation breeds this creativity. Cause it's like, oh, we don't have much. I mean, that's how you get the try tongue butthole message, which is just like, I again. I repeat probably the most in two because they had uh the dragon headstone and the dragon body stone. I think it was called, and but you had to be in the dragon covenant and you had to mm-hmm. win thirty fights, I think, for one and fifty for the second piece. But they turned you into a fucking dragon. I'm like, I want to be a dragon, so that's what I did. Damn, that's and cool. I, it was so weird though. I like the. The different signs you can put, you can use like the red soapstone, or you can use like the dragon eye, or like yeah. a couple of different yeah. items, right? But if you summon someone with a dragon eye, if it's a red soapstone, you'll get you'll both go into a loading screen and both spawn into the world simultaneously. But with the dragon eye, you summon that person into your world, into your and world. you can move. You have full freedom to move around. Mm-hmm. So there were multiple times I got summoned, and the dude's standing behind me and backstabs. Me. <laughs> and I'm like, you're a piece of shit. Like what? <laughs> Fuck. Like you summoned me for a duel. Yeah. Well, they didn't want to duel. They wanted to kill. Yeah, they wanted to kill you. They wanted there's to kill. There's, well, there's a lot of uh, hosts that will just like hang out either with their summons or alone, and they'll just kill yeah, invaders as they come squad, in. They call them. Yeah. You have lots of yeah. There's lots of gank squads, especially <laughs> in the higher levels of Dark Souls Three. There are people that will literally stack up every possible advantage they can have. They'll get their blue summons. They'll have 
passwords level uh, over level summons that are like outside of the matchmaking range that they're supposed to be able to be summoned in. They'll send people away and bring them back so they'll have Falestis, they'll run away from you. And there's no way to chase them down because the level design of Dark Souls 3 is just so open. Um, but yeah, it's especially bad in Dark Souls 3. The other games, not, not as much. Yeah, I didn't do much of the invasion, invading and ganking, so I mostly did the duels. Yeah, like, uh, the... One guy that backstabbed me on spawn, I did kill him. Good. <laughs> oh, I was pretty proud of that. Yeah. As long as they don't one-shot you. Yeah, that could happen. Dark Souls 2 also had a thing. I had a, a dagger that had like a higher backstab damage. Mm -hmm. And there was enough time that if I got behind somebody, I knew I could get it. I could switch weapons really quick and get a stronger backstab. Yeah. I do that all the time. There's lots of very strong crit fishing weapons, especially in uh, Dark Souls 2. Uh, and in, uh, it kind of sucks, but like in Demon Souls, if you're invading at a low level, you can stack your gear to such a point that you can one-shot basically any host. Which, <laughs> I mean, is shitty, but like in Demon Souls, there's no... Uh, summon matchmaking level so you can have like a level 600 700 phantom um and be at like level 20 and then if you have any invaders it's like this, this person can basically walk through the game for you so i mean you either go in with your one shot stick or you you get killed so <laughs> i see why they uh they added the, the matchmaking yeah you know, I was just thinking I should get on YouTube and uh and like look up some lore videos. I'm like, I won't even have to type anything in. It's gonna be all my suggested videos because we've just been talking about it for an hour. Yeah, my, phone's, I mean, my phone is listening. A good starting point, but there's lots and lots of people talking about it uh, for all of the games, really. Um, yeah, I mean, Vadi is the the go to. I'm gonna check it out. Well, there was another guy. I just want to give a quick shout out. I yeah. don't remember his name. So this is a poor shout out. But <laughs> did a bunch of weapon showcases. He would be like, oh, this, this, he'd just like pick a weapon and he'd be like, this is a move set. And then he would like fuck people up in PvP with it. For what, for what be, game? Uh, Chase the Bro. It could be PvP skills. It could be uh, Game Economist. Those are the main three that I know about. Yeah, um, so, was it, was it just for, was it just for Dark Souls? Most likely to be. <laughs> was it just for, see if I can find was it just for Dark Souls, Isaac? It's Mr. I Won't Forget. Mr. Oh, okay. I won't shout out to Mr. I won't forget. Let's do a quick yeah, shout outs. Out I actually do want to wrap this up. We're got, we went long, but I was having such a yeah, good time. We've been talking for a bit. Yeah. So um, I could literally talk endlessly. Yeah, <laughs> I know. That's why I'm trying. I got to cut it game. off now. I mean, it's it's just been all praise pretty much for us. But um, so, do you have anything you want to shout out, Print? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Danger Legs. Mm -hmm. Um. And if you want to go to my YouTube, uh, I do some Dark Souls stuff there. It's pure platinum print. Uh, very okay. It's usually just invasion content with uh, voiceover, things like that. I talk about the games and just my opinions on them. Really nothing special, but, you know, if you want to hang out. <laughs> For sure. We'll tweet uh, it out. I am on Twitch also. I'll tweet it out with all the uh, links after this as well. I have not streamed very much lately, so I can't, I can't reliably say that I'll be there, but that's pure underscore platinum underscore print if you go to Twitch. So you can find me there. Yeah, check him out, everyone. Um, for some, He's got some good content there. Isaac, I don't think you have anything. Well, I'm just going to skip. Skip Isaac. Um, uh, shout out <laughs> to Keith Younger. Okay, that's cool. I like that. I'll let him know you said that. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone. This is the Dark Souls episode, Bone Robot Games podcast. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.